0: Are you looking for something different to experience with friends, family or coworkers? How about the world of whiskey? Jeff Borker here from The Classic Dram, and we know whiskey can be a bit intimidating at first, but with the right guidance, it's a blast to explore. Let us put together an expert certified whiskey event for your group, and we don't even have to be in the same room to do it. Regardless of your whiskey experience, we can organize and lead your group through a virtual whiskey tasting right in our very own Zoom online speakeasy. Now, these events are great for birthdays, anniversaries, or corporate get-togethers, or just celebrating time with friends. Now, a number of packages are available, and we can customize the experience just for you. Visit us today at theclassicdram.com, or shoot us an email at info at theclassicdram.com. Let 2022 mark the start of your personal whiskey journey, and remember, come for the spirits and stay for the experience. Cheers, all.
2: Welcome to Hour 3 Radio Law Talk. We, I tell you, we should just be live all the time. You know, this is Hour 3, Denise and I and Todd. We have some fun-spirited discussions uh, off the air. That's what's great about Radio Law Talk. Uh, we all don't necessarily have the same opinions. And even sometimes it's funny, everyone will be all over the board as to what side they're on. And it's fun because as lawyers, that's what you have to do. You have to argue the case. And we had some fun mask masking uh, discussions uh, and I kind of funny things that people do. But uh, this hour uh, at 855 Law Radio, if you want to call in 855-529-7234, we're going to talk about um, autopilot car crashes and what's going to happen in the future. The first felony charges coming down. That's interesting. We're going to have a case or no case. We're also going to talk about the United States Supreme Court's going to hear a case involving Stolen paintings by the Nazis. Don't forget, in the early in the nineteen thirties or late thirties and forties, mainly in the forties, the Nazis that when they came in and took over countries, they they stole and took a lot of famous artwork. And the whole issue was, and there's fact, there's a what's that movie called that's about that the the Jewish family that had a lot of famous artwork and the Nazis took them, but. the, it, the question is
3: sound of music. Yeah, sound of music. There we go. So there we go. <laughs> oh no, that, that was just that was just drapery.
2: So anyway, long story short, what happens when finally in the twenty you know twenty first century they find these art pieces now that was their such and such as family's art piece back in the forties that the Nazis took and now it's in a hall at some you know of art. Facility hanging up, even in a museum. Do does a family get that back? We're going to talk about that. My answer, yes. But anyway, that's uh, they should. I mean, if they can prove it, if they can prove it's it their families. The point. That's the point is proving yeah. it. But we're going to talk about that, and then uh, we're going to get into some other interesting things. We're going to talk about uh, an inheritance fight. Um, uh, again, we we've talked about when we talked. Eh, we talked about the inheritance fight last time. Um, But we've got about six or seven other things about uh, video testimony violating the Sixth Amendment right. Uh, And we're going to also talk about the interesting Bill Paxton that died uh, while in the hospital. What a sad deal. And uh, whether or not uh, what's going to happen with the lawsuit that is uh, going on on that case. So lots to talk about. But why we're here is one thing, one thing only. And that is, Cal, case or no case.
1: Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yeah! An Arizona woman has needed to lose weight, she said, since high school. And she sought weight loss surgery on the advice of her doctor. And looking around to find someone to perform the operation, which was not covered by insurance at that time, she looked at economical options and was recruited by a U.S. company to go to Mexico to get the weight loss surgery, bariatric surgery. Of course, There are clinics for bariatric surgery, dental implants, dentures all across the Mexican border from Juarez to Tijuana. Jessica went, saying it would save her about $7,000, and the doctor she went to said he was the number one weight loss surgeon in all of Mexico. Trusting, she went. A gastric sleeve was in her future. Hundreds of patients endorsed the doctor, and they were wrong. After the surgery, it was horrid. She was in pain. She feared she might die. The pain was unreal. He had lacerated her spleen and shredded her stomach so it could not be put properly back together. A horrible surgery. She paid thousands for subsequent medical treatment because her insurance company said, you decided to go to Mexico for the surgery. Your problems are now your problems. So she decided to make the doctor's problem and the insurance company's problem her problem by seeing if she had a case or no case. So then she went after the insurance company and the doctor in Mexico. What do you think? Case or no case?
4: It's a good premise. Yeah, I do. I think it's a really good premise. And you know what? There are thousands and thousands of people, Americans, that every day they cross into Mexico borders to have different types of surgeries. It's true. Everything from Teeth removal to dental implants to, you know, geriatric bariatric surgery, whatever it is. Bariatric, bariatric yeah. surgery. Geriatric,
3: geriatric yeah. surgery.
4: Geriatric <laughs> <Not> like that. <laughs> <laughs> I went in. Know. I went in. I was eighty. I came out.
3: I was forty. What the? <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, I yeah yeah. She made the decision to go there to a Mexican doctor because it was not covered by insurance company here. It's not. It's not a case. It's. It could be a scenario, but it's really not a case.
1: Okay. And by the way, since Obamacare, bariatric surgery for most patients, if it's not cosmetic, but a medical procedure, is covered. But it was not for a long time. Okay,
2: Fred. What do you oh. think? Case or no case? First of all, a lawsuit against the doctors in Mexico. Good luck. <laughs> uh, we have had, as a personal injury lawyer, I have dealt with cases out of Mexico. Actually, people who have died in buses and while they're touring. Um, very difficult. Uh, The doctors, uh, there's all types of issues of whether or not they're going to be held liable in the United States. Uh, You know, there's issues of, were they quote touching the United States, doing work in the United States? The answer is no, it was all in Mexico. You got to sue in Mexico. Um, So the answer is there's, there's no way. Well, they're not going to sue in in Mexico probably because they're not going to win. They could get a, a, a law firm in Mexico to try to bring the lawsuit, but good luck in winning that. Um, uh, and the second thing is – I don't know how they'd sue the insurance company. I'm assuming the insurance company says we're not going to cover the ins- uh, to fix all the screw ups, the, the post-operative yeah, problems. Yeah. You're on your own, right? Yeah, right. the post-operative problems when you came back. Um, it depends on uh, the insurance company's uh, contract with the individual. I don't know what that is, but generally speaking, um, insurance companies do health insurance do cover you know a lot of times pre-existing stuff, but um, I don't know the answer to that. That's something I would have to delve into because this all comes down to one thing. Cal made it up and just typed it up, and this is not a case.
4: (laughs) And he used shredded spleen to try to hook us. No,
1: lacerated spleen and shredded stomach. Come on, get my terms (laughs)
4: right.
3: If you think I made it up, at least get my fiction right. Mr. Kuhn, what do you say? Well, my intent to get a shredded beef chimichanga for lunch just went out the window. Thank you very much, Cal. Sorry. Uh, Okay, so here we go. I, and I'm pretty certain I'm behind on points because I was gone last week and who knows what's going on. I'm going to say that um, this is a case and that she prevails. I I know the expert in personal injury here said the opposite, but I'm going to say that she prevails because... Against the
2: insurance or against the Mexican doctor?
3: She she sues the doctor. Because, look, my thought is you go down there. Who – I say who in their right mind, but it happens all the time. Who who would go down there and say, yeah, I'd like to perform surgery, and I agree that if you completely botch this thing, I have absolutely zero recourse? Okay, And I think that because surgeries that are occurring in Mexico that people don't think they can get here in the United States are on the rise, that maybe down in Mexico they have a vested interest in trying to keep it – looking appealing and avoid the negative press. And so she, uh, whether she has a U.S. attorney sue in Mexico or she hires a uh, law firm in Mexico, she sues and is awarded some sort of compensation, whether at trial or via a settlement. But she sues and prevails it is a case.
2: That was a lot of good talking and, and, and kind of semi-illegible, but not too bad. I think for a criminal lawyer, you... Laid it out nicely, but you didn't answer the question: whether the insurance company was sued and won. Did they win? I don't them? have
3: to say who she sued. I have to say if she filed a lawsuit. No, no, no. But, it was but who did she okay. win against? I have. Well, I'm sure she Cal will she,
2: tell us. All she she filed, she
3: filed a lawsuit and she got money. She
2: won. All right. Yeah. When we come back, keep your seatbelts on and, and you know tightened up because Cal is going to tell us about case or no case and who the winner and losers are.
1: And as pointed out, medical tourism is very common. Another country big in medical tourism is. New Zealand, believe it or not. So we'll talk about that as we continue here on Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. There's much more of the program coming up. Fred, Todd, and Denise will be right back with more Radio Law Talk after we take this break. Commercial Center, the announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA.
4: Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam.
5: Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Eight hundred nine one eight one three seven six. Eight hundred nine one eight one three seven six. That's eight hundred nine one eight thirteen seventy six. the best window replacement prices in town. Get your new windows, patio doors, and more from the Window Replacement Hotline. Get ready for the change in weather. Save on your energy bill. Call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the Window Replacement Hotline now. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. That's 800-710-3739. That's eight hundred seven one one.
2: Are you serious?
5: Radio Law Talk.
1: Now back to the show.
2: Cal, we're always serious on Radio Law Talk. Isn't that the truth? Yes. So yes. we, case or no case, Cal. I. I'm interested to see if Todd was able to gain some points. (laughs) I knew my answer uh, would bug him. (laughs) No, he and I, I still think Denise and I are right. So go ahead and lay out the facts briefly again, Cal, and tell us what the outcome is. Arizona woman gets bariatric surgery. Turns out it does not
1: go well. The doctor botched it badly. He said he's the number one weight loss surgery in Mexico. Turns out he's had four patients die that he has operated on. She finds out afterward. And then she gets together with three other people and they file a class action lawsuit against the doctor in Mexico.
0: Oh, Toddy.
1: However, that suit has not yet come to trial. Doesn't matter. Todd wins. Yes, Todd wins because he got it right. So congratulations, Mr. Kuhn. So only, only at one point. One one point. point. Yeah. It is a case. But you're a winner.
0: Winner, a chicken case. dinner. Yes.
1: And wow. so here's the, here's the upshot of this. If you decide to be a medical tourist, don't take a rec- – what happens is they have people in the U.S. that recruit people for the m- medical doctors outside of the country. Don't take their word for it. Find some other way to do and to check the background of that doctor. Because this doctor may be perfectly good for. Nine out of 10 people, but that one, there was a problem. So the class
4: action was brought in the United States, correct?
1: Correct. And that's because there
4: was minimum contacts. That means that the doctor had enough contacts with the United States that it gives the United States jurisdiction because they had people recruiting in the United States.
1: Correct. And they went after the recruiting company, the insurance company, and the doctor. And I'm – I mean, uh, from what I've seen, Anna Werner, who's the investigative reporter for CBS, did a story on this. And it looked like – I mean – of course, they don't do the story when the suit comes finished. They just do it when the suit gets filed. Then it's news, right? But it has been filed, and
3: congratulations to Mr. Kunin because that is... So, so, so let me get this straight. Yeah. So, we, so we got a coyote that's bringing somebody illegally across the border into the United States. And on the return trip, he's going to take a fat guy back to go get... Stomach surgery. Well, well, that's maximizing your return I trip. Say, you know, it's well, all logistics. It's like the truck, truck driver. You don't want to go back home empty. You don't empty. want to come back empty. No, I mean, exactly. You know, so start trolling. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, hey, your teeth look terrible. Follow me. Let's go to Mexico and we'll get I, you.
1: I did hear the story of a guy who had some serious uh, dental problems, missing jawbone and so on. And he went to Mexico and they took coral, the bone coral, and implanted that in his jaw presuming that the bone would, I mean, you know, all kinds of Odd and interesting and sometimes experimental treatments can take place. So you've got to check it out and make absolutely sure, A, that the doc is good and qualified, and B, that
3: they're using correct, proper techniques. Guy goes swimming in the ocean. His face swells up and becomes a reef. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Well, wow, this wasn't a disclaimer. Bunch of plankton. You know? <laughs> good heavens. Gathering. SpongeBob is yeah. living in the bowels of his mouth. So, so that's case or no case, folks.
0: Now back to oh, the
2: show. Interesting. So this autopilot, uh, you know, that's going, that's on the Teslas, but that's now coming out on other vehicles. Now, it's the first known uh, crash, you know, that that is known to bring a felony charge in California. Now, I remember there was the Arizona one, though. Remember? Yeah. There was the uh, Arizona charged a, uh, a negligent homicide in 2022 against another driver of Uber. Uh, that that, but they were taking part in a testing of a fully automatic, right? So it's a little different. This one is a semi-automatic, you know, car that you know a, a normal person was driving. That wasn't like part of this Uber test, you know, drive, right? So this is the first kind of uh, semi uh, you know, I'm going to say, what's the automated, semi-automated vehicle yes. that an individual is being. Uh, prosecuted, and it's in California. This happened in 2019. Two people were killed when the Tesla autopilot somehow uh, ran a red light and um, killed these two individual people. I'm telling you, I've been in Teslas, and I've been in vehicles that have the autopilot stuff, and it still makes me a little nervous. I was watching, I was a passenger, and I saw he, you know, and literally look, I've seen people looking down uh, in a Tesla and and reading something or typing something on their iPhone and it's driving itself, the technology is pretty cool to be honest with you. But until know, does it doesn't make work, you, yeah. does it make you a little nervous or is it just me? Yeah. I, well, I,
4: I, well, don't you have like automated um, brakes or something on your car?
2: Yeah, there is there is. If and you I said
4: that that saved you several yeah, times, yeah. Well, no, one
2: time it did. But you're right. It's there's one time that I didn't brake in time and it it, it the brakes kicked in for me. So yes, I like that, but but what happens if it doesn't work right, and you hit them, and it's more a more automate, automated ugh, automated automated uh, car than just the brakes.
3: It sounds automated. It sounds like a arranged marriage. Um, listen, so <laughs> automatically, automatically, <laughs> Fred. I seem to recall you. You have an article that you wrote about a year ago, wasn't it? Maybe it was a little more than a year ago. Not only did you talk about – I think you spoke of the Arizona case in the article, but in the article it went over the different types of automation that a car can have. And none of these cars – at least the car in this lawsuit – was not one of those that is so full, 100% automated that the person sitting in the quote-unquote driver's seat does not have the ability to take over the car if it perceives something wrong. This is not a car like that, okay? This car and, – and Fred, you were, you were right in the – this car was traveling at a high rate of speed on the freeway. It took the exit at a high rate of speed. It went through a red light and then hit another car in front of it. And, and I can see why charges would be filed in this case because the person in the operator's seat of the car would have to have known this is not an auto car like you see in the movie iRobot or Minority Report that drives for you and you don't do anything. And when you saw the car traveling at a high rate of speed getting off the freeway and approaching a red light – Okay? And not slowing down. We don't know. It might have been green and then went red. Who knows? We don't know. Well, and, and, and having that happen, the allegation is that it ran a red light. When you saw that happening, at what point in time did you seek to, take, to control the car or were you busy doing something else which you are told not to do? Right. So I see why the charge was filed.
2: Well, ple- so how would
3: you defend
2: this well, case? we got 30 seconds. We have they, – they pled not guilty. We're going to talk more about it when we come back. And Denise, uh, we'll be back to you on that.
1: You are listening to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on many great local radio stations. Some of you are listening by delay to our podcast, which is available free at RadioLawTalk.com and many other podcast services. We'll be back. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease.
5: These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Men. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs a CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping, and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560, 800-251-7560, 800-251-7560. Co-pays and deductibles may apply, 800-251-7560, that's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply.
4: So fun. That
1: is our You're listening to Radio Law Talk, and now back to the show.
2: So we're back talking about the Tesla autopilot crash uh, that the first felony charges, at least in this manner. Of other than that, that Arizona 2021 we talked about before, but um, since 2016, Denise brought forth. 26 crashes involving the autopilot since 2016. Uh, it's re- resulted in less uh, at least 11 deaths. Now, this is what, as a personal injury lawyer, on a case like this, some of the biggest issues are people who are killed in accidents by the negligence of others. The problem is is finding the amount of money to pursue. And and, and they've in this case, they not only sued the guy driving, but they have sued Tesla for you know the manufacturer you know defect somehow that caused. But what the defendant in this case is arguing is that the the car just kind of took off on its own and was speeding and uh, basically saying there's nothing he could have done about it, right? Todd? That,
3: that's right. That's right. The the confusing thing coming out and all the reports on this uh, lawsuit that was filed is, uh, folks need to remember there are two types of vehicular manslaughter that are felony related under Penal Code Section 192 in California, and um, Specific to vehicular manslaughter. One is gross vehicular manslaughter, which carries with it a an element that the driver exhibited gross negligence. And then the other is just ordinary negligence. They can both be felonies. But what I don't know is if they're charging the defendant in this case with the gross negligence or not. But essentially what it is is uh, for if you're driving a vehicle and you engage in an unlawful act, okay, so you're speeding, you're speeding down the road, it's unlawful, but the, it's not a felony to speed. It's maybe a misdemeanor if it's if it's fast enough or an infraction, but you do that, you're speeding, and because of the speeding, you can't slow down, you rear-end somebody, and it's a dangerous act, and it causes the death of somebody else. That would be an example of gross vehicular manslaughter a felony if they can prove that your actions were so negligent that it was gross negligence compared to ordinary negligence again they can both be felonies now denise you asked me the question when we went into the break how would you defend something like this and and obviously i i don't know the facts and circumstances of the case but there is one statement that came in the uh, articles that we were reading about it which is the claim from the defendant that the vehicle that he was driving in, that was supposed to be this auto Tesla, the vehicle suddenly started to accelerate and it caught him off guard. It was unexpected, and that's what caused it to run the red light and it hit the
4: car. Yeah, right. and, and that the brake system, it's, it's an autopilot system car, but the brakes are not. They're not on autopilot. No, so, they're, they're they're not, and, right. and if,
3: for a good reason. It's
4: the brakes are not if, auto if, autopilot. If the well the the car
3: will slow down, right? But the reason why they say the brakes are not on autopilot is because at any point in time, the you driver of the, the vehicle can right. hit the brakes to take control of the vehicle. It's right. not it's not unlike anybody who's ever taken driver's ed, and you got your driver instructor seat seated in the passenger seat, and they got that little chicken brake there. I remember when I was 16 years old taking driver's ed, and, and he was peppering that chicken brake. I'm in the back seat, and one of the kids up front is driving Is didn't know – well, anyway, just didn't know how to drive. and was scaring the tar out of the, uh, out of the uh, driver instructor, but he could take control of the car simply by hitting the brake, right? So how do we defend against the case? The issue here – just armchair quarterback Todd here – the issue here is going to be when the car began to accelerate unexpectedly. Did you try to – is it your statement that you tried to apply the brake or take control and the car would not let you do that? And so you were just – I could not take control of the car? Or will it turn out that the evidence is the car started to act in an unexpected manner but you didn't even try to take control of it? If it's the latter, there's liability. If it's the former, then – That is your defense. I tried to take control of the car, but I couldn't. The car would not let me. I don't know if that was the case or not, but I think that liability is going to hinge on which side of the fence that question uh, falls on. So we'll see. We'll see. If the car wouldn't let him take control, I don't see how they prosecute him. But my guess is the prosecution thinks they already have an answer to that question. That's why they filed it.
2: Ready for this? In last, remember last May, Californ- a California man was arrested when the police noticed he was in his Tesla moving down the freeway, and he was sitting in the back seat. No one was at the <laughs> driving wheel. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So he, they're cruising along. Uh, the cop pulls over and looks. and the guy's in the back seat working on the computer, and his Tesla's on autopilot, and there's no one sitting in the driver's seat. That's that's crazy, but maybe that's the future. I don't know. They a lot of things happen now that people said, "Oh my gosh, what's what's going on?" And that'll never happen, right? Uh, so we're gonna get we're gonna get into that. I'm sure we'll hear this uh, in more detail, Denise. You want to talk about the? When we talk about the painting the paintings uh, painting stolen by Nazis during uh, the uh, World War II. But there is a I can't remember the name of the movie. There's a movie about this that talks about. Uh, these families that tried to protect and, and hide these valuable paintings from the Nazis, and sometimes not only would they just steal them and keep them, but they would destroy them. And so now what's happened is some of these are starting to come to light. They're finding them. Oh, they're in a museum or this person's private collection, and they're like, hey, that's my my family's painting. Who gets those paintings, Denise?
4: Yeah, it's, it, this is a really interesting story. Um, David Cassier, his um, his grandmother, his great-grandmother, oh, she was a German Jew, and she owned a Pissarro oil painting from 1897. Very expensive. Yeah. One of only 15 that he painted about th- what his view was from his window in Paris. So very, very famous, um, uh, you know, painter. And what happened was she took it to a Nazi um, art gallery, if you will, and she was paid a set amount of money, well well below the values, like $360. The money went into an account. She couldn't access that money, but it allowed her to get safe passage for her and her husband to get out of Nazi Germany. So then this um, famous painting shows up in a Spanish museum. And so David Kassier finds out about that it's there and he can show he he can show that his grandmother owned it and that she gave it up. And so he has all of these different things. However, in this case, um, Sandra Sotomayor, who is our one of our Supreme Court justices, she said, hey, in this case, it's going to be Spanish law that applies because that's where it is located. And um, the Spanish law does not recognize the rights of these um, Jewish um, v- victims, if you will, to get their artwork back. So he may ultimately lose because of the decision.
2: It, it says it's worth 500000 yes. to a $1 million. Yes. Now, listen, here's the interesting. I know this sounds really pompous, but please forgive me for the amount of fight and the lawyers and the costs the fi- maybe it's just more of a family heirloom but the 500,000 000- it's going to cost 500,000 to fight this right you wonder hmm are you chasing uh, nickels for pennies and that's the question yeah but some
4: things are way above the cost right. um, because you think about it this painting was used to secure his life, because right. his great-grandparents would never have survived, or may never have survived the if they Monuments hadn't gone
1: out. The Monuments Men. was the name of the movie you're talking about? Oh, good,
2: the Monuments. The Monuments Men. Men. Well, okay. Monuments. A- oh, Remember that's right. That? They right, were right, actually
4: right. trying right. And, and bringing cases. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no. That's that's yeah. what it is. That's cool. Yeah. You know? This is just such an interesting point.
2: It is. We got in Kentucky. This one, I want to talk to my prosecutor here, former prosecutor beside me. So, an individual's pardon by. The Kentucky governor, and he was because he was convicted of a murder, um, and and then then the uh, this individual's name is Patrick uh, Baker, um, supposedly supposedly he murdered someone during a tra- drug trafficking crime, and um, he had been out of prison when the and the former uh, governor Matt uh, B- Baven Baven pardoned him for slaying of the, a guy named Donald Mills, so he pardons him. And then it comes back that they go ahead, even though he's been pardoned for that, the federal federal government brings new charges against him uh, you know, kind of for that same what? That same, um, same murder. murder? Mm-hmm. But I guess they look different types of charges He's found guilty and stuck in prison, not stuck, but is sentenced to 42 years in prison. So. Todd, how are they do that? And we're going to talk about that when we come back. I know you don't know the, all the answers to this, but that just seems bizarre. I'm sure they found another avenue to bring another, quote, separate case against him. But there's a double jeopardy under uh, the, the Constitution.
3: The lack of faith that I wouldn't know all the answers.
2: We'll be back after this, Mr. All the Answers. Have faith in Todd.
1: Stay tuned. Have faith. There's more Radio talk coming right up right here. to noon pacific every saturday live on radiolawtalk.com and on many radio stations coast to coast radio law talk and radio law talk all advertising for legal services on radio law talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed for more information go to radiolawtalk.com
5: best window replacement prices in town. Get your new windows, patio doors, and more from the Window Replacement Hotline. Get ready for the change in weather. Save on your energy bills. Call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home. Call the Window Replacement Hotline now. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. 800-710-3739. Eight hundred seven one zero three seven three nine. Eight hundred seven one zero three seven three nine. That's eight hundred seven one zero thirty seven thirty nine.
4: You're a whiner. Well, oh, that's down.
1: Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at Radiolawtalk dot com. I n f o. Info. Info at Radiolawtalk dot com dot com.
2: Yeah, to our former prosecutor uh, in Tennessee and California now uh, uh, doing some defense, criminal law defense, Todd Cunin. What about that Kentucky killer? Yeah. That is, I don't get. I don't get how that works. He's pardoned by the governor, which the governor can do, and then yet they, and then so he he gets out of prison, and then they go back to the same basic case and try him for something different, and he's sentenced and found guilty and sentenced to so forty two he, years. He's
4: tried for the same thing.
3: He he is, and he is not. Because that's where we have the difference between state law and federal law. Remember Michael Vick? Michael Vick, the football player, had to face charges on pretty much the same course of conduct in both state court and federal court. And the Supreme Court has ruled on more than one occasion that it does not violate the Double Jeopardy Clause of the Constitution. What's a Double Jeopardy Clause? The Double Jeopardy Clause is where you've been on the show Jeopardy twice, one with Alex Kidding. Double jeopardy is what protects somebody from being tried in the same jurisdiction for the same crime twice. So let's say let's say you 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 committed you're accused of an offense. You do a trial. You receive a full acquittal, and then the DA gets additional evidence and decides, oh well, we had we didn't have this then, so let's go ahead and charge you again for the exact same thing. Double jeopardy says no, you don't get to do that. Okay. But there is a, an exception when it comes to whether or not the first trial was federal jurisdiction or state jurisdiction. And the Supreme Court, he said, look, the, the Constitution of the United States governs federal law and how the federal government works. And if the state government goes after you for something, that doesn't preclude the federal government from going after you for the same thing – right yeah because Because it's under a different state it doesn't preclude that under the double jeopardy clause
4: because it can be a crime under the state law and it also can be a crime under the federal law
3: absolutely absolutely uh, so in this case here in this particular case patrick baker had been convicted of uh, homicide related robbery and several things at the state level in kentucky and then when the governor matt bevin got in he issued a bunch of pardons now baker was only two years into a 19 year sentence and he and the governor bevin pardoned baker commuted his sentence pardoned him well that raised a lot of uh, red flags a lot of eyebrows there because prior to that the family of patrick baker had held some fundraisers for the governor, Matt Bevan, to help cancel some campaign debt. And not surprisingly, shortly after that fundraiser had occurred, this pardon came down. And I think the FBI was tasked with investigating the pardons that went down. I think so, too. But the federal government came in and said, OK, he gets the pardon. He's out. But because double jeopardy does not preclude us, we believe that justice would be served because we're not precluded under double jeopardy from prosecuting you for the murder of the same person and the jury took about 6 hours convicted him and he was just sentenced to 42 years prison for which the only pardon that could come down the pike because it's a federal crime is the president of the United States so um and I don't think that that is going to happen anytime soon and that that's how you get around double jeopardy or it's not getting around it it's double jeopardy doesn't apply in a situation
4: like this it doesn't apply yeah it's not the same jurisdiction Charging twice.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. But if there's
2: a lawsuit going on in third party, you can bet against it with cryptocurrency, can't you, Denise?
4: It, it, this is so fascinating. <laughs> I mean, this, it's called um, rival um It's a company that has, it's proposing to do an application that allows for people to invest in lawsuits and bet on them, which is a winning one and which is not. And they say their goal is to help people that can't afford to get in the federal court and have their valid cases heard. Um, that they're going to help them and raise money for them. But really underlying all of it is investments and making a return on the investments. And Rival has said that they're going to have 50% annual return on these different investments, which Sounds a little bit too. uh,
1: Well, they're saying it's a coin toss, 50-50, right? (laughs) That what they're saying. A Bitcoin toss.
4: Yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) Nice
1: one, nice one. So
4: anyway, I find this to be really interesting. I wonder if future litigation is going to be allowed to be invested just like it would be like a market of litigation investment in those. And um, I'm kind of interested where this is going to go.
3: Fred, quick question for you in the personal injury realm. Are there lending institutions that somebody can go to to seek financing for litigation? Tons of them. Yes. Okay. So that's what this is aimed at for people to be able to bring litigation under circumstances where they don't think they would be able to obtain that funding. Right. Because maybe the lending institution looks at the case and says, yeah, yeah we're going to lose our shirt if we lend you there. This is a way for, as it's being promulgated, for folks to still be able to pursue lawsuits by having a bunch of private investi- investors to fund the lawsuits, we'll no, see. It, it's it's gaming. There's all it's yeah.
2: gaming. It's all weird. Look, Bill Paxton went in for surgery. He was a a famous uh, actor. If, if those of you know who he is, um, and uh, as he went into Los Angeles Hospital, um, he went in for heart surgery and he died. Uh, had a stroke. And uh, the hospitals being suing sued for punitive damages. I, I'm not going to get into that. We don't have enough time. We only have a few minutes. I'm not going to get into the punitive damages issue. But obviously, they're arguing that you know he, the surgeons weren't trained properly. There the, there was an overly aggressive surgery. They shouldn't have done what they did. They also uh, they had an odd did an autopsy without the families. Uh, you know, uh, uh, knowledge or least or agreement. But here's the issue: in California, there's a cap on damages. You can only get two hundred fifty thousand dollars as the maximum for pain and suffering on medical malpractice cases. So it's very difficult for lawyers to handle it or want to handle it. And so, why are they pursuing this case? Well, that is unlimited. Again, it's unlimited on wage loss. So if the family um, relied on his income for which is called a special damage it's not a general damage general damages are limited to two hundred fifty thousand. if a special damage that bill paxton was making money for his family and he is making x amount of dollars for how many years would he would have lived and they they put the averages of how long he'll live then there's a substantial amount of money here against uh, the hospital and the doctors in this case. Because you, you always ask yourself, why do they bring in these lawsuits you know, when there's a $250,000 cap? Sounds like a lot of money. But in California, a lot of times the doctors have the say whether or not to settle the case. And when they tell their insurance company, don't settle the case, they'll take it to trial. And it costs a lot of money. But that's what they're going after because he has I'm, – I'm reading the tea leaves – He's got to have a huge wage loss, the amount of money he could have been making for his family. Instead, he passed away.
3: As an actor, two ways he's making money, two basic ways. One is the amount he's paid for any project he gets into as the upfront fee. You know, $2 million for a film, $5 million. And actors work into their 80s, so he had a long career left. Right. But they also make money on the royalties of things that they have been in. I would assume that the family's still making money on that, but... He did lose a lot of future compensation.
2: Well, we've got a thing called quick takes at the very end. Cal, let's roll our quick takes because that's important. Can I get started, Cal? Sure. Go ahead, Fred. Well, you know what? This is, again, I'm not being political, but this is just something interesting. I was down in the Bay Area standing outside with two ladies with their masks on, talking to one another. They walked in the restaurant with me my wife. We had our masks on. They sat down, talked with their masks on across from each other and then took their masks off and ate for 45 minutes and talking back and forth constantly to each other. I just don't get it, guys. I I don't know. I'm not against it or for it. I just don't get it. Todd.
1: Mm, That's Fred's quick take. Todd,
3: what's your quick take? I'm waiting for Jamie Lynn Spears to come out to Britney and say, what are you hacking on me for? You asked for this kind of abuse. I mean, you did write the song Hit Me Baby one more time. (laughs) And you told me you needed a book to get some pub. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Denise,
1: what's your quick take?
4: Well, this GoFundMe or this uh, gaming app is not that different from what's already existing. Remember, Stormy Daniels paid Avenatti, at least in part, from a GoFundMe account.
2: That's Mm. true. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week at Radio Law Talk.
1: You have been listening to radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk, Incorporated.
5: What does it mean to be an American? Just what are our American values? Working hard to succeed. Loving God, country, and family. Being honest, strong, and compassionate. Supporting our Constitution
1: and recognizing that we are blessed to be living in America, the greatest country in the world.
5: Our Bill of Rights protects us, our freedoms of worship, speech, and privacy, our right to own firearms, our right to trial by jury.
4: Our right to be free, to live our own lives without some bureaucrat telling us what to do. Most countries don't have these rights.
5: Want to know more? It's all there in the book. Get your own free book, The U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Then read it again, and this time share it with your friends. Our great constitution is the basis of all of our freedoms, our inalienable rights. Get your own copy at freeusbook.com.
4: Brought to you by the
0: American Media Council.